0: Hello, welcome to Russell Investments Market Week in Review for the week ending May 5th, 2023. I'm Zoe Wargans, and today I'm joined by Paul Eidelman, our Chief Investment Strategist for North America. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, How happy are you doing? to be
1: here. Thanks. Great. You're very good.
0: Yeah, good. Wonderful. So let's kick this off. Okay. <laughs> uh, to get started, there have been several rate hikes at central banks lately. You want to give us a little color on that?
1: Sure. Um Maybe if we start with the Fed, which was probably the headline event this week. They've raised rates a quarter point. That was expected in price, but it was still an important moment either way. They've raised rates 500 basis points off of the zero bound from March of 2022. And this was important. They're signaling it might be their last move for the cycle now. It feels like they think policy at 5% is getting sufficiently restrictive to slow the economy down and Mm -hmm. make some progress on bringing inflation back yep. to the, the 2% target. So that's a, a big change on an issue that's been central for financial markets for the the better part of the last year to 18 months. Absolutely. The European Central Bank, they also hiked rates by a quarter point. It doesn't seem like they're quite done yet. Christine Lagarde indicated she might want to raise rates a couple more times even. And I think in that case, they still have a, a bit of an inflation problem in Europe. Their labor market is too strong. It's generating too much wage inflation. And they're just a bit behind the Fed. Even with these moves, their policy rates at 3% versus the Fed at five. So they have a little bit more work to do to get to that same restrictive level that Mm -hmm. the Fed is Mm -hmm. at now. And then finally, the Reserve Bank of Australia, we don't talk about them quite as much maybe, but they hiked and that was a big surprise. Almost no economists in Australia were expecting them to move. And again, there, the the concerns are around inflation being a little bit too high to to be comfortable for Mm -hmm. the central bank. And so that being a surprise created a little bit more volatility within Australian fixed income markets on the week.
0: So we've covered central banks. Can you tell us a little bit more about regional banks? They're back in the headlines after First Republic's takeover.
1: Yeah, so we don't want to see regional banks in the headlines right now. So unfortunately, First Republic did get into trouble. They were taken over by U.S. regulators on Monday and, and subsequently sold to um, J.P. Morgan Chase. And they have some similar characteristics to the U.S. banks that failed back in March. They had a, a, a concentrated... Uh, base of depositors that were above the FDIC minimum, uninsured Mm -hmm. depositors. They had a big outflow of deposits, effectively a bank run back in March as well, around that same weekend that Silicon Valley Bank uh, failed. And that left them in a a weak position where their profitability was challenged. They had that big deposit outflow. And so they were in in a a tough spot. And I, I think going forward, the open question is, you know, are there still more shoes to drop here? And I think there's sort of mixed news on that front. From a fundamental perspective, First Republic seems somewhat unique. They represented over half of all emergency borrowing at the Federal Reserve, so a pretty narrow uh, problem of extreme weakness on their part. But you still have to worry about Uh, sort of the sentiment channel for banks. They rely a lot on the confidence of their clients. And whenever you have a a bank fail, it's it's natural for some concern to creep into the market. Eric Ristam has talked a lot about the idea of investors trying to find sort of the next weakest link. And so this week, uh, what we saw after First Republic got taken over was there was additional pressure on other regional banks as well in terms of hits to their share price. And so that's going to bear some watching uh, going forward in, in terms of if those effects build or, or not.
0: Yeah, wait and see, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Talking about our global market just overall, what, what are you seeing lately?
1: Well, uh, a lot of markets have been fairly range bound for the last uh, several months, but uh, for this week through Thursday, it was a little bit more of a risk-off tone because of the things that we talked about. Global equities were down about 2% on the week through Thursday, with the U.S. being a relative underperformer, down by more. Uh, similarly, fixed income markets, Treasury yields fell moderately on that risk-off tone, and as banking stresses maybe got more into focus, that uh, kind of regaged people's expectations around what the Fed might do into year-end, with the possibility of them maybe needing to cut interest rates a little bit more. So I'd say a risk-off tone on balance right before we started filming this though if we want to end on a positive note apple had some good earnings results and that's continuing a a theme of uh, some of the earnings data being better than expected and maybe as a fun fact i think they announced a a 90 billion dollar share buyback which would be more than the entire uh, market capitalization of new zealand (laughs) so (laughs) apple effectively bought uh, new zealand today so some better news on earnings maybe some weaker news on the banking front this week
0: Paul, thank you so much for joining us and giving us all of those very helpful insights. Mm -hmm. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. This has been Market Week in Review, and we hope to see you next week.